0: But we want to share some of what we're sensing God has been up to, giving testimony. I'm really sensitive that I don't want this to be a long announcement of what's maybe coming. That can wait for an email. That can wait for a gathering like tonight at our annual meeting where there's some interaction. That can wait for chats afterward together. We are here to worship God. And so a part of, a part of our worship is remembering, as we've been called to, being reminded of, of who he is and what he's done that stirs in our heart for a response that needs a response. And there is something really special and unique that is happening that I think is not seen very often in our community that's worth praise and then worth action. It leads us to response as we walk out those doors into our week ahead. So I'm sensitive to that. There'll be a lot of questions about what this is. This is brand new news for some. It's newer news for others, and then for us, it feels like it's years in the making as we start to see uh, some signs. But quick intro for those of us, and then Ray will do the same for those that don't know us as well. Uh, my name's Ben Coffin. I grew up in Kirkland, so go Kangs, kangaroos, <laughs> fighting kangaroos, thank you, hello. <laughs> and growing up in this area, go Huskies, went to UW for a couple years, go Dogs. <laughs> Go Mariners, go Seahawks, go Crack, and you'll see a theme. Uh, Went to Northwest University, studied biblical literature and New Testament Greek, so go Eagles. And um, have been able to serve in ministry uh, with the Christian Missionary Alliance, which we are affiliated with for uh, the last 20 plus years. In 2009, uh, Union Hill Church invited my wife and I back to help replant the church. We were in Wisconsin at that time. And really, we've been doing that work ever since. There's always a sense of replanting and renewal work that God is inviting us to because the, the work is plentiful, right? The harvest is meant to be plentiful, and we pray that God would send out workers into his harvest field. He's answered that prayer in more ways than one over these years, and perhaps now in this season, he's answering that again in a unique way, perhaps even through uh, Mountain Ridge Community. Ray and I have known each other for we knew each other I think before we moved to Wisconsin, so going back twenty years, but in the last fourteen years we've met at least monthly in various pastors gatherings we've retreated together multiple times uh, with those those pastors, and in recent months we've met. Uh, far more often regularly than that, uh, just getting to know each other, and I'll let you share some of your story of, of the relationship and how God has brought our, our families together uh, even more than, than we might have expected. Uh, we're seeking God's heart together. We're praying through uh, transition times really for both of us, for both communities, and with a heart and a longing to see transformation happen and come to all peoples who live in Redmond and the greater east side for the glory of God and for the joy of his people, to walk with Jesus and see his kingdom expand and transform. So, Ray, I appreciate you. I love you. I respect you uh, as a leader. You carry, you carry the burdens on your heart of your people as well as any pastor that I know. I don't know if you feel that or you know that. I think you're high on the prophet gifting. Uh, but as, as, a, as a pastor who carries the burden of your people whenever we meet he's talking not in detail about some of you out here but just in heart about your about what you're walking through how God is inviting you to grow just challenges he carries that with you Uh, and I received that I felt blessed by that personally I know you do that for my family and I think for all Union Hill people who are just getting to know Ray and in these coming months this coming season we'll probably use that language a lot because we don't know sometimes the parameters about what a season is you're going to be blessed uh, by Ray and I want to hear from you now, so give an intro, uh, jump off of that intro for those that don't know you, and then share a little bit of the Mountain Ridge community story, and then I'll share a little bit of the Union Hill story, and then we'll share some more of the heart. Can you bring him up? Or do we need to adjust? or? Did... All right. You can hear me now. Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> do I got to start? No, no.
0: High, high, high level. Highlight, high level. But I heard you fine, but we, we're in, in trouble. We're sorry.
1: two pastors who like to talk, and we got limited time. So, <laughs> born and raised in Chicago, uh, ABK, American-born Korean. My wife is uh, also American-born Korean. Uh, born in New York in Brooklyn, and then moved to Chicago. We met at the University of Illinois, a Go Illini. Uh, yep, got a few, and uh, we uh, we met at. Uh, so uh, I served as chapter president of University at Urbana, and my wife was evangelism uh, director for us uh, that year. Uh, we worked in a church. Uh, I went to seminary over at uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School and uh, uh, got called to serve. I was serving as a youth pastor uh, in Chicago and felt the call to plant a church. So in 1990. Six, the fall of '96, we came to the Seattle area, actually to plant a church in Redmond. And um, there was a family that was praying for a church plant to happen, part of the Evangelical Free Church of America denomination. And uh, we planted uh, a church, started meeting in a home, and then we went public uh, January 11th of 1998. We met in the Redmond Town Center theaters. Um, there is a theater on the second level. It was a Cineplex Odeon, Odeon theater. They don't even exist anymore. I don't think. Well, they had just built the town center. Oh yeah. Yeah. They had just built. Yeah. The town center was being built at the time. Uh, and we started a church plant and have been here since then. Uh, in 2006, uh, we moved out of the theaters to, uh, a location here down the hill, um, and uh, we converted a warehouse space. We've been there since 2007. And uh, so it's been quite a journey. And we've been in the process of um, seeking God. It's been really hard, COVID was really hard. Uh, we have two other churches that meet in our building down there. And, um, uh, and we've just gotten priced out. Uh, rent now for our space is, uh, was close to, including utilities and, um, triple net and all that stuff, was close to about 20, 20 grand a month. Uh, we negotiated to 17 <laughs> and we're like, we still can't pay that. Um, so, uh, so we're just seeking God and, uh, Ben and I connected and, uh, we've known, I known Ben since he came back to the yeah, so, um, yeah, we're excited
0: to see what will happen, so. Yeah, what do you, share a little bit more about that. What do you sense, Is you're, I mean, if that's, you're becoming a, a, a homeless church, a wandering church. We're not homeless anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> And there's options for that. That doesn't mean the yeah. end of a church. It's not a building, right? right? It's yeah. a people. It's a it's movement, people, wherever you sure. gather. And so, right. and it can happen in any, any different yeah. ways. We were field church for a year under some tents. Right. Uh, and that's a challenge in its own right. There's challenges to all, all those spaces. But how have you sensed, as the invitation has been given, we've, we've been stirred by it, but then through our elders too, not just an invitation, but an eagerness to say, please come. Please come for a season and be with us. We need you as much as you might need us. I mean, in the sense of to be the church, that we would be, we would be, we would be one church wherever we gather. And in this season, uh, could we encourage? Could we bless? Could we welcome? Could we walk a journey together? Uh, We don't know where that journey might lead or how long it might go, but one step at a time, one day at a time, trying to discern the leading of God. God show up in a pillar of fire at night or a a pillar of cloud by day and lead us. But what we do know is he will be with us. That's what I'm sensing and leaning into. What what are you sensing and reflecting from your conversations with your community? Yeah, that's great that you brought that up too about
1: the Lord leading us because I remember so Ben and I and Scott who will be here yeah. for a month right or stole oh, no sorry. they no okay. yeah yeah
0: pastor Scott Brewer from yeah, Meadow- yeah. Meadowbrook is going to be who yeah, just retired just is going to be preaching seven yeah. out of eight weeks this summer as I head out into sabbatical right. so that feels like really weird timing for for the potential of coming together as a, right. as one church for a season in the summer or maybe beyond and have not then not being here for that and if it wasn't Scott Mm-hmm. I would have changed my sabbatical plans. I really believe that. Okay. Uh, the, but Scott, with the deep relationship he has with you and with me, to be able to care for us and to create space, uh, you're going to be blessed by Scott pastorally and in his preaching and just his heart. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled by that and going to miss it. I'm going to miss being around those couple months, but it's a good break for us and family as well and good needed. It's sabbatical, so.
1: yeah. Um, Scott, so Scott and I have been accountability partners for like 23 years. Uh, meeting almost on a weekly basis. And uh, there was another pastor in the, in the community. So it was like a Assemblies of God pastor, a Southern Baptist pastor, and myself was EV free.
0: And Walked we, into a bar and yeah, the bar <laughs> exactly is this a
1: joke? And uh, we've met for uh, 23 years almost weekly praying for each other. And Ben came into town uh, to pastor this church. And I've actually done a wedding in this church before Ben was when you guys were in Wisconsin, um, when we were in the theaters, so we we did a wedding in here. Um, But uh, Ben came into town, and he said, man, I just need to get with other guys who are serving and who are doing it, and I want to finish well. And he had this long-term view of wanting to finish well, which has been my heart, too. And so uh, as a result of Ben's trying to do this, we opened it up to Eastside Pastors. And so the Eastside, we... Welcome, and there was probably how many of us at that time? Like nine, seven? Yeah,
0: nine, we landed on seven that really leaned yeah, in, and that became a group for yeah, a long time.
1: For a long time together. So we've, you know, that's how I got to know Ben, and, uh, and so that's been that process. Um, but uh, Scott, I just remembered this right now, but Scott, you and I um, uh, helped lead the East Side group of pastors through Saturate for yeah, a year. Yeah. And when you brought up that verse about being led, Uh, there was a time when we were leading together and we were, uh, Ben was sharing what he was hearing God speak to him in his quiet time. I was like, oh, that's crazy because I'm working on the same passage and I just marked the same passage. And it was that very thing that we're not going to go unless the Lord leads us. Exodus 34. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we were just kind of like trying to figure that out and we're just trying to listen and trying to help the other pastors that we need to go in front of. So, like, I hadn't even thought about that until you just brought it up. Um, So we've had opportunity to serve together, to share together, to serve other pastors together, and that's just our heart. We want to see that happen. Um, My heart is that every person who's a believer um, has a relationship, a living relationship with God, this triune God through Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, serves our father this one God and it's real and that it, God is a part of our journey to be on mission in the world that's really what it's about yeah. and um, we want to make disciples I think that's we have this heartbeat of wanting people to really know this living God he's alive he's worthy of worship with everything that we have um, Share one story. So I've gotten. I worked for Catherine. <laughs> you guys know Catherine's a principal at a middle school, and I've been her uh, volleyball coach for the last two years. And and I was with her uh, pre-COVID for one year uh, at Pacific Cascade Middle School. Uh, but that came about when I took a pay cut in our church as we were trying to navigate through all this stuff. And Ben came to me. He's like, "I've been praying. Hey." Uh, can you coach volleyball? I was like, uh, yes, I can. <laughs> and
0: uh, yeah. Because if you don't, she's gonna ask me to do it. Yes, that. so right. <laughs> I was tasked with finding someone. I heard, you're, really I heard fast. you're joining the staff. I was on. I see. Okay.
1: So um, yeah, but uh, it's just some of the craziness. Um, that first year at Beaver Lake Middle School was absolutely insane. Like there was crazy coming out of COVID. Um, but there was uh, my daughter, who's getting married in a few weeks on Father's Day. Uh, she's uh, she's at a military academy, a U.S. Merchant Marine Academy in uh, Kings Point, New York, and she's graduating this year. Uh, she's a avid volleyball player. Was um, you know there was thirteen schools that had interest in her, that expressed interest in her when she was in high school, and uh, she went to a, um, the Merchant Marine Academy and. St- still plays volleyball there, but not real high level volleyball, but uh, she loves it and um but uh, she was back here last summer uh doing an internship on the Washington ferries, right and she was driving the boat across. You know, the sound, I'm like my daughter is driving the, you know, <laughs> freaky, and uh, she saw another woman who was working. There's not many women in the maritime industry; they're like a minority there. So she saw another woman. She said, "Hey, like, try to talk to her." She was really gruff and didn't really want to interact. with her. She kept trying to talk to her, and uh, and then she started talking to her, and she found out that she lived in Federal Way, and. Things were really bad in federal way for her kids, and she was just really frustrated. And she had made a decision to move to Issaquah. And she, my daughter said, Issaquah? That's where I live. And they hit, hit it off. She's so like, Really? She talked about daughters and said, Daughter's gonna go to middle school in Issaquah. And, and she's like, Which middle school? And she says, uh, Beaver Lake Middle School? It's like, No way, my dad is a volleyball coach. Does she play volleyball? And I was like, yeah, yeah, uh, she really likes volleyball. So just fast forward, met tryouts were there, and literally there's a group of girls standing around, and the memory comes up of my daughter saying this. And I walked up to this group, and I go, hey, I don't know any of you guys, but um, any of you have a mother that works for the Washington State Ferries? They all kind of looked at me. I was like, forget it. I just walked away. (laughs) And I started walking away. And then a girl started walking towards me. She goes, coach? I was like, my mom works for Washington State Ferries." I was like, cool. I was like, my daughter met your mom. And just tell her, she says hi. This girl, she made the JV team. She was eighth grader, but she made the JV team. And I'm like, who does that? Mm -hmm. Who does that kind of stuff? Like, who knew? And then, you know, seeing Catherine that first, especially that first year when things were going crazy, I'd see it, just kind of that look. And she's like, hey, Ray, come take a walk with me. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she starts telling me some of the things going on. Can you pray for this? I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. And that became like, for two years, every time I go to volleyball, I pray for Catherine and her school and the, girl, and the girls on the volleyball team. And, and I'm just like going, and we're on mission it's amazing like
0: um, can't even arc like yeah very cool so i think we're sensing and that's just one that's just one story oh, i've yeah. seen some ways that god is as you as you look back right we're better at remembering and bettering it look back to understand the story and so therefore we believe as he leads us forward that he's doing that now in our midst so god give us eyes to see and hearts to respond, that we could, be, we could be seeing that kind of work right in the present moment, not just looking back and going, wow, but in the moment going, wow, and responding and leaning into this, this step of faith. Uh, Union Hill Church's story, briefly, uh, let me just tell you about a 100-year history. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> briefly. There has been a church <laughs> gathering on this hill uh, in that fellowship hall, which was the original schoolhouse on this corner when the roads were still dirt and gravel. Uh, in the early 1900s and continuously ever since then. It incorporated on June 6, 1933, which would make Tuesday the 90th anniversary of Union Hill Church. Wow. Union Hill Community Church, as it began, not affiliated with the Alliance until 1949. Uh, so we're celebrating 90 years, and in 90 years, I believe I'm the ninth lead pastor. So there's been some long runs for a number, of, a number of guys that have come through, and we get to continue that legacy in history. It's never been a big church, but it's had a big heart. It's had a heart for the community, a heart for the world, and... Um, And actually, it was first planted and reached by students from Simpson College in Seattle who said, where are people that are unreached for the hope of the gospel that we we could maybe access personally? And in that day, it was Union Hill in Redmond. This was as rural as you could get. And so we're grateful that our, our history of this church is started looking for a people who need community and need the hope of the gospel and need one another, as opposed to many churches that have been in a city and said, the city's changed too much, let's go out to the suburbs. I'm grateful that we have a history that says, let's go to where people need the hope of Christ so that that heartbeat continues. Where a people who, as much as anything, simply would say, we want to be people who love and pursue God because He has loved and pursued us and therefore His people. You cannot love and pursue God without loving and pursuing one another, His creation, all of His creation, and His world. So very simply, those have been rhythms for us. Uh, that doesn't create vision, but it's heartbeat and it leads to vision. And we're in a season right now of, of resetting that vision. God, what will you have for us in the season ahead? We know our world has changed. It's been microwaved in so many ways through the pandemic and uh, our our politics and everything else that we are now in a new, we're coming into a new place and I don't think we're settled yet. So that's a tough place to be in that in-between. But we believe walking with God one step at a time, that's why I'm preaching through Exodus right now, as crazy as that sounds, because they're an ancient walking people that went on a journey that was longer than they wanted, was harder than they wanted, and they often wanted to go back, even though back wasn't good, it was, they were used to it. They knew it. And God led them and formed them through the wilderness and led them to be his people, and he was with them every step to bring them to where they needed to be and representatives of him to the world. And that's our heart, that God lead us. It may not be the journey we want to be on or expect. It might be longer than we thought, harder than we thought. Mm-hmm. I, I know my past wasn't good, but at least it was comfort, at least I was used to it. And now, God, would you lead us and form us into your people? And and as long as that takes, God, lead us into that place. We, Catherine and I, have both uh, both had a a wilderness-type experience in Wisconsin, not just because it was Wisconsin and we lived there for three winters, uh, (laughs) but in what God wanted to do and form in us. And at the same time, Union Hill Church was going through that kind of a season from 2006 to 2009. So when we were called to come back and help replant the church, we both really resonated that, a similar but separate journey that we could resonate with and walk together in, and we've been trying to do that ever since. Any, as we have just a few minutes left, because we want to sing and celebrate in response to just the beginning of this story of, of what we're sensing God doing, a couple other, one other story or one other word on your heart for, for Redmond for this next season, what are you, yeah, what are you sensing? And then I've got a couple more things. Yeah.
1: Uh... You know, as I've been praying about this journey together, um, Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9, has stuck in my mind. And there's three uh, separate kind of focus points. And the first is really, um, it's all about Christ. The centrality of this relationship that we have in Jesus, and we walk with him. Uh, This servant who sets captives free, who heals who transforms and so that reality of the centrality of christ is really i think has been you know uh, will be a part of what whatever god has in store um the second thing that comes out of that text for me has been that he um god himself wants the glory alone and he'll receive his glory and uh, uh you know, that he, he is the one that's magnified above all else. So I think about Christ. I think about his glory. And then the last part of that uh, passage is the fact that God is doing a new thing. And it, there's just this overwhelming sense in my own spirit that this is like a new thing. Um, we don't really have any models to really kind of figure this out. But we're like, God is doing something. He's doing a new thing again in us. Um, and, and my hope and my prayer is that we walk in whatever it is um, to become his, um, his missionaries, his ambassadors, but uh, with a, f- a freshness of relationship that is transformed from the inside out. Right? There's a joy that should be when we connect with Jesus and connect with this God, there's a joy that the world knows nothing about, right? And everything in this world takes away that joy, tries to rob us from it. And I'm like, on, I want to abide and try to find a way again to reconnect to that joy. And I, I'm looking forward that we might as a church do that together yeah. and into the community. So.
0: Amen. Yeah, a million questions that come up, and it's just, it is new. It's new, and we're going to linger in that space of new, and we don't want to get comfortable too soon, because that that new thing, that transition, is what makes us continue to pray, continue to seek. It's why God doesn't give us the full picture of the coming land, so that we say, God, show us more. We long for that. I, I'm unsettled. Be my peace. Lead me in that. So, it, it is new, and again, not many models. Very very rarely would two pastors who have been lead and solo pastors for a long time say, let's defer one to another and share. What does that model look like to co-pastor, to use our gifts to their fullest, to strengthen one another, therefore to strengthen a body? Not knowing how, that, how long that season is. Uh, and, and again, you'll have questions. Bring them as we get to chat together. Bring them, Union Hill, as we meet together. Bring them, Mountain Ridge. Uh, on the very practical side, you're back in your building next week to, to, to grieve, to celebrate, to say, I mean, to say goodbye. We'll be praying with you and for you as I know you've been giving away much and, and that's just part of that process. Uh, when the Israelites left, left the land, they left with all they could have. God provided for them abundantly in a miraculous way. I pray the same for you, that as you're leaving behind so much, you are also going to gain something that you didn't even expect. There are going to be riches and treasures that you didn't expect as you go in faith on this journey. But there's full emotion, and embrace that, engage that, grieve well. That's a process. That doesn't happen one day. That doesn't happen next Sunday in its fullness. That's a process. We recognize that. We're a church that has grown into a rhythm of lament. You know, Much of the psalms are lament psalms, are longing psalms. Our grieving souls, because our, our heart and our lives were made for something more. We're made for the fullness of God's kingdom, and we don't experience it here on earth. There should be a discontent in that, and there should be grief and longing, and that is worship, as we also then have hope and are built up in the hope of who God is and has always been and how he leads us. So that's this journey, and then uh, really practical, right, in two weeks from now, Father's Day, you're welcome here to be our guest to celebrate Father's Day with us, and then, and I know you're marrying your daughter that day, and a few are going with you, and so come and be with us for those that are able on Father's Day, and then I go on sabbatical, and Pastor Scott steps in, and don't miss that. You're going to be blessed by that, that time. Oh, you have one more yeah, the 25th, next Sunday.
1: Yeah, the 25th, will uh, the three churches in our building We're going to give thanks
0: I'm All three churches coming together yeah. So that will be yeah. the official final So a little, those are the couple, next couple weeks for us And then beginning in July We will see us yeah. just continue to worship together To welcome one another To make space for what God is doing uh, Amongst us And just seek that together And we'll have some intentional ways to do that To meet, to gather Uh, to pray, to connect, to fellowship. It's summertime, so hopefully we'll have a number of gatherings on July 9th. Celebrate this, mark this for us. Uh, Jesus Crystal Rey meets in our our facility, shares our facility in the afternoons. They've been a church plant for many years. Pastor Jose Garcia, uh, we're gonna combine three churches then on that Sunday and have our first Sunday meal, which I know is the second Sunday, but we're going to pause that, we're going to miss that second so that we can come together on the ninth and have a big meal, um, I think, I hope, Mexican style, because we are asking for it, yeah, so (laughs) um, that's a great day to circle, and I'm trying to figure out how I can be there for that even though I'm on sabbatical, because it sounds awesome, (laughs) Again, three, now three churches coming together to yeah. worship, and right. the planning will be in the works for that. And then on we go for the summer. But that's kind of shaping some of the next few weeks for both of our, both of our churches that are, as we gather, we are the church. I know we'll be doing much in, in our regular rhythms also as we just explore what this next season is. That Revelation passage, as we lead kind of into response time, is, is just a reminder for us of this glimpse of heaven. Uh, We know we're we're not there yet, but Jesus teaches us to pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus doesn't ask us to pray for things that he's not going to make happen and bring into fulfillment. So there's a longing heart there, and then he gives us the glimpse, the glimpse we have in Revelation of every tribe, of every tongue, of every nation coming together with one voice, And that means every distinctive, every difference that in our world often divides is going to be unified in Christ and at the throne of God. Let's break down those walls that exist between us. Our heart is to be a church without walls. It has been for many years. It was really tested when we were in field church and we literally had no walls (laughs) around us and the wind of the spirit blew through there. But we want to break through and break down the walls that divide us and the walls of hatred in our community and be a people that image God in this world, this is what Jesus prayed for. This is why we know he's in this kind of thing. We don't know how long, we don't know all the details about it, but we know he's in this, John 17, 20, and following. Before Jesus' crucifixion, he prayed this prayer for his disciples, and he said this, my prayer is not only for these disciples, the 12 and those others that were following him, but I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. 2,000 years later, but that's us, those that will believe. This is my prayer, that all of them may be one. God, my Father, that all of them would be one, just as you are in me and I am in you. uh, We believe in the oneness of God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And Jesus is praying, just as we are one, I pray that your people will be one. It's an incredible prayer that we have not yet realized but an incredible heart. May they also be in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. By the, chance, by the oneness that we can create, by loving and pursuing one another and breaking down walls and coming together with one voice, with, with our distinctions. We're still distinct. Every tribe, tongue, nation, we still have an image that's bearing distinctiveness, but we are not divided. May we come together with one voice so that the world will know because we don't have this model very often in the world. Churches divide and split and separate. Far, and relationships as well, far more often than they come together to say, how do I defer? How do I consider my brother's needs above my own? Because that's the attitude of Christ. The world will see. For I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, you in me, may they be brought to complete Unity. To let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. By this kind of thing. It's not the only thing that we do in our work and mission to advance the kingdom. But by this kind of thing, the world will know of God's love. That's where mission is born. That's where passion and purpose exists. That's worthy of our response today to pray. To confess where we have been a part of division in our world or hatred in our world, or writing people off, or not pursuing reconciliation. We've all done that. God, bring that to mind, that we might confess that, repent of that, and turn from it, because that's not the prayer of Jesus for us, especially amongst fellow believers who would profess and proclaim God and the hope of Christ and the hope of his kingdom, where we have divided or caused hurt. God, forgive us. Show us ways to pursue reconciliation. That's a part of our response, is confession, is turning from that toward the goodness of God, the hope of God, the peace of God. And may we respond then with a growing hope, not that this will be easy by any means. We're not saying the journey is easy or known, but with the hope that this is Jesus' heart and prayer, this kind of thing, may we be faithful to walk in it, to sing our prayers now in these moments, to pray them as we go in the week ahead. Any final word? Or amen? <laughs> Can I pray? Can you pray for us? Okay, we'll yeah. Let's do that.
1: Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, gathering together. And uh, just as I listen to Ben, my heart uh, is unity with him. I think the invitation that Ben just cast for us to uh, image or imagine the reality that's painted for us of eternity, but to have uh, your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven that we might live it out. Um, I pray, Father, that you would bring that into uh, reality for us as, uh, as one church. And so uh, I think I hear Ben's uh, call to us to imagine this place as being um, your very presence living in us and being equipped to be a part of uh, your work in the world. And uh, every race, every tribe, every language. Uh, Father, might you do something uh, beyond what we can ask or imagine. And we just give you thanks. Mm-hmm. And your powerful name, your triune name, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen.